joining us for another episode of Brew Session with Marketing Essentials. Whether this is your first episode or you've been a listener from the beginning, we're excited to have you join us. I'm your host, Jenna, and I'm a designer and developer at a digital marketing agency, Marketing Essentials. I'm joined as always by my co-host and content strategist at Marketing Essentials, Jessica. Hey there. Brew Session is your chance to join us with your favorite brew, whether that's a cup of coffee or something stronger as we discuss everything digital marketing. In our last episode, we wrapped up our five-part series on websites. If you haven't listened to those episodes yet, then we really encourage you to go back and catch up. There's a lot of great information in there. So whether you're a small business owner or you're part of a marketing team at a larger corporation, you'll find actionable insights into how you can really get the most out of your most important online presence, your website. And this week, we're really excited to talk to you about a few tactics that can elevate your level of online branding and marketing, and that is photography and videography. We're going to give you some simple um, checklists with tips and best practices for getting both of these started at your company and being successful. But Jessica, I can already hear our listeners asking, me, isn't photography and videography pretty difficult? <laughs> we do hear this a lot, and I think it is kind of a misconception because it doesn't have to be difficult. So like website development and pretty much any marketing strategy, um, you can kind of make this tactic as complex as you want. So you can do um, photography and videography by yourself on a tight budget, or if you have a, a higher budget, you can get really high tech and have someone else um, create those things for you. But don't let the idea of photos and videos scare you away because videos and photos that are authentic are much more um, memorable for your audience compared to stock photos and your audience will be able to tell. Okay, so we're going to dive right in first for filming tips and we're specifically going to focus on filming on a smartphone. So most of our listeners, if you don't have the budget to take on a full-blown video shoot and hire someone to do this, you can actually get some really great quality videos just using your smartphone. So first, make sure you are filming everything horizontally and not vertically. So this is going to be for a few reasons, but most importantly, when you think about how video is going to be displayed, a lot of times it's not vertical, it's going to be horizontally displayed. So it's really important you film it that way from the get-go so that you don't have to then correct the filming after the fact. Yep, that is always one that we look for, Jenna. Um, the next tip that we run into a lot, make sure you use a tripod um, if you have one to keep the camera steady. That kind of prevents that rocking, being on a boat effect that you get otherwise. And if you don't have a tripod, use your both hands to hold onto your phone and kind of lock your elbows into your body for stability, or you can kind of rest your arms on a solid surface. Just make sure that phone is level and you know being held still, otherwise you're gonna get that rocking effect. Yeah, absolutely. Don't be afraid to get a little creative with using something to help keep that camera steady. You know, if you have to rest it on a stack of books to get it at the height you need, you know, you can do that as long as, again, it is on a level surface. 
Next, make sure you charge your phone fully before shooting. Otherwise, you could really run into some delays and kind of along the same lines as that, clear up any storage space if necessary, because the worst thing is going into a shoot and having your device tell you that you're running out of space and then you have to, you know, pause or reschedule. Definitely makes your heart sink a little bit when you see that notification that you're out of storage space. So make sure um, you get that cleared up. And if you have an Android, um, maybe you have an extra SD card. If you have an iPhone, make sure everything is backed up first. Another thing that we always like to tell people, make sure the lens on the back of your phone um, is clean. There aren't any spots on it when you start filming because those will show in the final video. Something else to consider is either turning your phone on silent or on airplane mode because you don't want to have any disruptions while you're filming. The last thing you need is to be halfway through a really great shot and you get an incoming call. So again, put it on silent or airplane mode. Yep, absolutely. Another thing we always want to tell people is if you want to get closer to something or show something in greater detail, actually move closer to it. Don't just do the zoom in on your phone um, because it's going to look pretty blurry when you finally look at it. Make sure you just don't be afraid to get that camera close to the subject that you're filming. Next, you want to lock the focus of the phone and the lighting on the subject of the shot. So for Android devices, you can do this by tapping on the screen on the area you want to focus on. For iPhones, hold your finger in place on the screen at the point you wanna focus on. Otherwise, what's going to happen is, let's say you're shooting a person moving, but it accidentally focuses in on an object like a tree that's a little bit closer that tree is going to be what's in focus and the person that you're filming is going to be a little bit blurry or out of focus, which is going to reduce that quality and not give you the look that you want. And speaking of lighting, make sure that wherever you're filming, there is enough light so things you know, are easy to see, but don't put the, the person you're interviewing or your subject right in front of a window or some other light source because they're just gonna look like a black blob. Um, so if possible, you wanna have light that's coming from the side um, or behind the camera to keep from making the silhouette effect. And with light, you want to go with natural light whenever possible over artificial light, because when you're in a situation where you have like fluorescent lights or other type of interior lights, it's going to give off a colored glow and that will either be like blue or something really warm tinted depending on the type of light it is. So obviously you can't always avoid that, but anytime you can get in that natural light, that's going to be the best for your color and looking natural. Next, Keep the rule of thirds in mind when you're positioning someone that you're interviewing. So this is a technique that actually breaks up the frame into a three by three grid and it places your subjects so that they're in one of the connecting intersections. And frequently a good rule of thumb is if it's a person, keep them again, either on the left or right side where those intersecting lines are and keep their eyesight right um, around that top third line where that comes through. Yeah, I think that is something that kind of elevates the quality of your, um, your videos. It makes it look a little more 
um, pleasing to the eye and kind of set up a little bit nicer than just sticking someone right in front of the camera. So another thing to think about, make sure where you're filming is quiet or there's as little background noise as possible um, and try to avoid places that have some kind of echo because you're gonna hear it on the video later. And something that we learned in school that I always think about is never say to yourself, oh, we can just fix this later when we edit. Always fix the problem. If there is a potential problem, fix it when you're filming instead of trying to fix it later when it might not turn out very well. Absolutely, because even if it can be fixed at the editing process, oftentimes that can take much longer than if you just fix it while at the filming stage. All right, and for our key tip for videography, try a practice question before beginning the actual interview. This way, you'll be able to check to make sure your audio is actually picking up the interviewee. It'll help you check that the lighting is good and that there's nothing distracting in the background. Again, what you don't want to do is to look past that and then get through an entire shoot only to realize after the fact that some of those items were subpar quality. Next up, we have some photography specific best practices and a lot of what we just talked about still applies for photography, um, but there are a couple different things that you can keep in mind. So when you're thinking about taking photos, if you want to represent your business, um, think about taking probably I would say 15 to 20 photos that kind of show your business, um, your products, your services and your culture. And then you have that library to pick from that you can you know, use for social images or your website or whatever you need to. Another good thing, thing to keep in mind is to always err on the side of shooting something at higher quality. So if you're working with, let's say like a DSLR camera, or sometimes I think you can even adjust these settings on a smartphone, you want to work with the highest quality of photos they provide. So like on a DSLR, shoot in camera raw format because you can always then compress the photos, crop them, and cut down the size as you need them. But what you can't do is take a small shot or again, if you're thinking about like zooming in, taking that and blowing it up to fit a really large space on a website, for example, because then it'll look very pixelated. So when you're thinking about what types of photos you wanna take, make sure at least some of them are showing people at your business. So whether that's employees, clients who are there, people like to see other people in images. And if it's only pictures of, you know, just product or just a building, that's gonna look kind of sterile and boring. So make sure there's some, some human element going on in those photos. Similar to what we mentioned with videography, you definitely wanna consider where your photos are going to be used. So for example, if you're shooting all vertical images on an iPhone, it's not going to translate well for being used on a website where a lot of those top images are landscape and very narrow, or even for images on Facebook or Instagram where you're using more landscape or square images. So keep that end goal in mind for where you want to use these photos and let that help dictate both the orientation of the photos and the content of the photos. So going along with that content topic, when you're taking a picture, make sure you take a good look at the space that you're shooting um, and, and kind of stage it so it looks the best in the picture. So make sure there's not, you know, something sitting out that you don't want other people to see or just something that doesn't look good 
kind of tidy up the area first and make sure it is the best representation of your business. Something else that I see happen actually quite often is people will take thousands of photos and get, you know, even 10 photos of the exact same shot thinking that, you know, more is better and actually more is not always better because if you have thousands of photos to go through, think about every time you need to go and choose one to be used on a social platform or on your website, it's going to take an exorbitant amount of time just to go through and choose the one that you need. So yes, while you do want to err on the side of maybe getting a few more than you need um, to have some backups, don't take thousands just for the sake of having more photos. Again, if you curate a really great photo library of 15 to 30 images for a lot of businesses, especially small businesses and ones that don't sell, you know, e-commerce products, that's going to be sufficient. So once you do have that kind of good set of photos, make sure they're organized in a way that makes sense. And we definitely recommend storing them somewhere that has a like a cloud backup like Dropbox or Google Drive um, and use subfolders to nest your images in categories. That way they're easy to find when you're looking for them. Going along with that, always uh, name your photos. If you just put them in as the default, it's going to be hard to find later. And those are pretty much all of our tips that we have for photography and videography. Like we said, it doesn't have to be really complicated. You can take really good looking photos and videos by yourself. Um, so we're going to put a couple of tips and resources in the show notes for you. So be sure to check those out. Up next, we are going to move into our house blend section. And this is the part of the podcast where we dive into some marketing news that we are seeing, any updates within the industry, and again, give you some actionable tips that you can act on. First up, we found this article from Adweek talking all about virtual events. And I know we even did an episode about this um, a couple weeks ago. So more and more events are going virtual these days, and you definitely wanna make sure that your virtual event is a fun, positive experience for your attendees. That way um, they have positive things to say about it and that you get the results you want out of it. So this article had a couple of tips that I thought were really helpful. I'm just gonna share a couple of them. First, make sure you know your audience and event goals. Make sure everything that you're creating really matches what people are looking for um, and is gonna help you reach whatever goals that you have set. Next, think about your energy and your tone as you're doing these sessions or as you're taking people through this content. Make people really excited to be there. You know, don't make it feel like a chore that they're having to be there watching these sessions. Produce creative like videos or handouts or whatever you're using during the sessions that are well designed and leave a good impression on people. Make sure things are consistent. So for example, the first thing a lot of people are going to see when they sign up is your landing page. So I would definitely recommend making that landing page and emails and anything else that you're using throughout kind of have a similar look and feel. That way people feel like um, everything connects and makes sense. And lastly, this article suggests kind of trying to evoke an emotion in people um, to keep them engaged throughout the sessions. And think about, you know, people are taking time out of their days to be there. So give them some value for their time. The next thing we're seeing was this article that talks about Pinterest adding several shopping features in both the US and the UK. 
what the article says is the percentage of pinners who visited places to shop on the platform was actually up over 50% in the first half of 2020. The site is also allowing ads in additional parts of its platform now. So what does this mean for you as a business owner or a marketer? So if you sell a physical product, think about how holiday shopping will likely be different this year. You may have a lot less foot traffic to your store and likely a lot more online activity. So Pinterest can be a really good way to showcase your brand and products if your audience is a good fit for it. Okay, next we'll move into our listener submissions segment. So first we have a message that says, hi, I'm a small business owner. I don't have the budget for a large photo shoot or video shoot. Can I still incorporate this into my marketing and will people be able to tell if it's lower quality? So this is actually a great question and many small business owners are in the same situation right now. Even some larger businesses who are dealing with budget cuts are finding themselves in a similar situation. The great thing about photos and videos today is you can get some really great quality assets using your iPhone or a similar smartphone. Again, just by utilizing some of the tips we've offered in this episode, you can put together a solid photo and video library without all the fancy equipment that comes with it. And yes, while you usually can tell a difference between something that's a very high budget photo and video shoot um, compared to self-taken photos, you can still put together something that's respectable, it demonstrates your expertise, and represents your brand well. So don't get caught up in having to get something that looks like it was done professionally for a commercial, for example. Um, at the end of the day, the most important thing to your customers is that, again, it represents your brand well, it'll demonstrate your expertise, and tell them what they need to know. People notice the technique you're using more than if you're using a fancy camera. We had one other question, and this person says, I had a photo shoot that was done a couple years ago, so how often should I have this done? Most of our employees are the same, and our building or services are also pretty much the same. So this isn't really a one-size-fits-all answer. Generally, I would say um, I encourage you to refresh your photo library probably every two to three years at a minimum. Um, definitely, if you have photos that look like they're from the 90s on your website, you might want to get those updated. Um, but every time you, you would want to refresh these, you don't have to go through this whole production process. So I would just say start with looking at your photo library and seeing what you have now. Um, look at which ones are out of data, which ones you want to update, and then kind of build from there. So if, even if nothing has become out of date, you want to get some new shots every so often so they can be switched out on your website or on social channels just to kind of provide a fresh look. Um, this can actually be good for your search engine rankings and is a good practice to improving your user experience as well. Okay, and that's all we have in this week's episode of Brew Session. Again, we invite you to join us every week for our episodes. And if you're a new listener, Go back and catch up on some of those other recent episodes.